Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Floorcrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated to Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. But Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Drawing About the G-Men, uh, or Giants Anonymous. To sit here, complain about the Giants every week, because, I mean, it's just terrible right now. So, so bad. Uh, I was... Uh, I was at work. I, I didn't get to see the game live. I obviously came back and watched it. And uh, some dude came in the store wearing a Giants hat. I'm like, hey, well, how's the game going? And he's just, he just looked down and he's like, I don't know, man. It just sucks. It was 30-7 at that point. His son, they were leaving the, the, the store, and his son was like, I guess on to the Jets now. It's just ridiculous. It's a joke. Giants, 37-21. I mean, that score is not indicative. Mike Lennon, good for him, able to lead the team down there during garbage time. Make it look a little closer, but, I mean, that was not indicative of the game. And all things right now, right now everything looks like Joe Judge is going to be back. I don't know if I'm happy with that. Joe, how do you feel about that after this week? I've said this a few times on the show now. What is it that Joe Judge brings to the table? He's got a delusional outlook on the games, on the team. He's supposed to be a motivator and a disciplinarian, and he's neither of those things. You probably are going to let Dave Gettleman go when the season is over, as I understand it, and that's a great move, a good step in the right direction, but now you're limiting your next general manager to work with a coach who he's probably going to fire the year after. I brought this up on Keys to the City before. Let's let's say the Giants were to hire, I don't know, Lewis Riddick. Um, He's not a fan of Daniel Jones, and I don't think he's a fan of Joe Judge. So do you force that guy to come in and work with them for one year? Is he going to put all his eggs in that basket? Or is he going to want to see it fail? So now 2022 is going to be another one of those years. You clean house. You start over. You bring in a GM. He finds the coach he wants. They decide who the quarterback of the future is going to be, whether it's DJ or somebody else. Maybe you go get a Pete Carroll and and a Russell. Maybe you bring them both over. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is, but I don't. Joe Judge is not doing it for me. He, he continues to go into market number one 
in the world, the New York market, and just say absurdly stupid things. It's not helpful. You know, bottom line is you play for the fans. That's what you're playing for. No, nobody wants to play. I mean, they all bitched last year when there was nobody in the stands. Well, now they're back and you're playing like garbage for them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I, do you want to do another year of this same nonsense or do you just blow it up and start over? Because no. it's time. No, I mean, you, you're right with the same, another year of the same nonsense. Like, I, I get that a GM wants to bring in his own guy if there's a new GM. I mean, so, so what? Go ahead, tough it out a year. That may, may, you're going to have a high draft pick. Let's see what you do with that if you have to deal with Joe Judge for another Two year. Two high draft picks. Well, I'm talking about next year. If he has to, if a new GM has to deal with Joe Judge, because it's going to be the same disaster. So then, yeah, he'll have these two this year, possibly another one next year. But Zay, I mean, Joe, you brought up Daniel Jones. Zay, we talked a little bit about this after uh, posting up last night. You, you you think Daniel Jones might not even play another snap of football? Um, no, it doesn't look like it's trending that way. Um, and it could be a blessing disguise for the Giants, as Joe mentioned, going into the situation. You have people who don't support, who may not support Joe Judge coming in. There's definitely going to be a new GM. We've already discussed. They've already discussed it. Dave Gettleman will be retired at the end of the year. The Giants are giving him a nice walk-off situation similar to what they did to Coughlin. That's what they're saying. So there will be a new GM. And to force the new GM to work with a situation like Daniel Jones and Judge that he doesn't like, I agree with Joe, isn't going to work. So maybe this might be a blessing in the sky. I, I don't like the neck physicals. I don't like the, the specialist, the spine specialist. I don't like that he's seen both of them back-to-back, back and they both have given negative reviews. It kind of gives me David Wilson vibes. And we all know what happened to who could have been a very star running back in this town. And it leaves a lot of issues for us later on. We know what happened and he ended up not being able to play football no more. So if Daniel Jones isn't able to play football no more due to his neck, it could be a blessing in disguise for the Giants. Plus, I don't think he's the guy for the Giants. I mentioned before, we have seen more progression from players like Mac Jones in one year than we have in three years of Daniel Jones. I'm ready at this point to move on and see what else we can get in the draft. We'll have, possibly the fifth and sixth pick this year. I think you bring in a new staff that handles, that handles the cap situation, gets rid of all the dead weight that we don't need, get rid of players like the Sterling Shepherds, the Evan Ingrams, these guys who we thought were going to pan out to something that didn't end up panning out to something and find a way to get this ship back on board. I think the Giants have to, you know, overhaul this whole thing completely. Or like Joe said, we'll be looking at another three and everything season is just – it's going to be a waste of time. I say everything because I don't know if they're going to add another game or not. So I'm just going off. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, we saw it last week. I mean, we saw it with this game. Chargers, they're a team on the come up. Young stud in Justin Herbert. A solid new coach. And the Giants are a team that, uh, I mean, I, I say it in the intro Joe Judge, uh, jury and executioner. We thought he had a bright future, but it's not like that. It's going downward. Sean, what are you thinking right now? Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty pissed, honestly, that John Mayer is going to keep Joe Judge around. Um, it, I think it just it hurts us in our general manager search because, like we said, uh, our general manager is going to have to come in and you know pretty much force Joe Judge upon him when – I think that's going to hurt most of the, our, our general manager candidates because I feel like most of the guys aren't going to want to step in with a head coach that they didn't handpick themselves. They know that they're going into a bad situation. They've seen what Joe Judge has done in the first two years of his tenure, and it hasn't turned this team around at all. And we're in cap hell pretty much. We have a bunch of big contracts, a bunch of guys that either haven't panned out, they've been injured, or um, just the – the contracts haven't worked out at all. So they're going into a bad cap situation with a team that hasn't been good in five years with a head coach that's forced upon them that I'm pretty sure most people aren't going to want to step into that role. So it's pretty tough. Um, Obviously, I I think John Mara is holding this team back. Uh, I get that he likes Joe Judge. I get that he doesn't want to fire another guy after two years. But, I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Right, then hire the right guy. Exactly. That's – 
Uh, that's why I think uh, John Mara, uh, if he sells the team, I would be uh, one of the happiest Giants fans out there, but that's never going to happen. So I, as long as he's there, I, I think that we're going to be in a rough situation because he doesn't know when to hire the right guy. He doesn't know the right guy to hire. Um, obviously, the, the GM and head coaching uh, candidates the past couple of years have not been great. The ones that he brought in were all pretty good, except he didn't hire the right guy. So uh, it's... It's just rough. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's uh, Joe Judge, he shouldn't be coming back for another year after the year that he's had. Um, some of his clock management, the timeouts that he's taken, uh, just the fact that we haven't shown any progression over the past year. Um, you know, the only bright spot of his tenure was last year when we went in that little winning streak. And then we ended up losing all the games down the stretch. And this year, he hasn't shown any improvement at all. And so... It's rough. I don't want Joe Judge to come back, but it's looking like it's inevitable at this point because John Mara loves him, and uh, pretty much it's all up to John Mara, which is going to hinder this franchise for the next another five years. So it's it's a tough situation that I wish uh, we can get out of, but us being Giants fans, we're, uh, we're miserable at this point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just misery. Con- I mean, now – Right now is the perfect time to just blow everything up. I know it's not the Giants' way to do it. No, I mean, look, you, they, this, they have you're to. not going to have Daniel no, Jones. Hey, hold right on, now. hold on. Now, hold you can't try and build on the fly Listen, again. Now, hold on, now, hold on. We talked about this before. There's still talent on that roster. And as much as we hate Dave Gettleman, Dave Gettleman did what we asked. We asked him to go out there, get us the best free agent wide receiver available at the time. He did. In our eyes, that was Kenny Galladay, and that's who we got, and that's what he did for us. We asked him to go get some offensive linemen. He drafted offensive linemen. He signed offensive linemen. Whether they panned out or not, he went out and addressed these situations. We still – but, again, there is still talent on that team. To completely say we have to blow it up, I wouldn't go that far. No, I'm talking about this? the front office. Eh? You got to oh, blow up the front, front office. office. Yes, destroy it. No, they got to blow up the whole thing. Yeah, but but regardless, the 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 player situation that that's going to be difficult. Regardless, the you have to start with the front office, and now is the perfect time. You you might not have Daniel Jones for the rest of the season, so everything else is a wash. You're going to be going out there with Mike Lennon or Jake Fromm for the next uh, couple of games. So, so just blow it up now. Get a head start on the interviews so you have the, the pick of the litter when it comes to a GM. Or, I mean, either, even if they do – I don't want them to keep Joe Judge right now either. So even if they fire Joe Judge right now, you have the pick of the litter to go, hey, who's going to be the new coach? Get a head start on it. Start now rather than wait for, for these next couple of weeks of just bull crap. And not learning anything and just getting worse and worse. I believe yeah. I believe you got to wait till the regular season is over and then ask for, for, for permission for teams that are still in the playoffs if you want to interview coaches on their staff. I don't think you could do it in season. I think you have to wait till after. I'm not 100% on that, but I believe it's after the season is over and then teams that are in the playoffs, you can ask for permission to interview someone on their staff if you want to interview their staff member for a position out of your coaching um, staff, but I don't believe you could do it during mid season. I'm not sure. You I think you could do it whenever, but they they just have to grant you permission, though. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I don't know. I don't. I mean, like, well, I don't yeah, know. It depends on the candidate, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. No, don't yeah, know. they have to just grant permission. That's a. I've I mean, never seen it in season hire. That's why I've seen the uh, coach get fired. They do the interim to the end of the year, and then they bring in a guy at the end of the year. I've never seen. A coach get fired and they bring in a new coach mid season. I've never no, seen that before in my life. I mean, I'm not saying bring him in mid season. They, they, they are gonna wait to hire him till after the season. But even Joe Judge, he was brought in like during the playoffs and that stuff, right? Like it was very, very close. Like all this stuff happens pretty quick. I think it was so, I don't know. I don't remember. But uh all right. <laughs> miserable long years. Oh yeah, it's rough. And just it's just gonna be keeping the same thing. I mean, there is no – it's another, like, rebuild on the flight. If you do you get rid of Gettleman, bring in new GM, yeah, maybe Tesla – maybe the GM can do something to get Joe Judge going, maybe, but that's that's a big hope and that's a big fever dream if that's what you're counting on, bringing in a new GM. But, uh, I mean, we, we got to talk about it. Let's switch over to this week's game. 
Dallas Cowboys, I mean, talk a, a team trending in the right direction. The, the, they struggled a little bit. Now you got a guy like uh, like Micah Parsons. Everyone's talking about being possibly defensive player of the year. Going up against Mike Mike Lennon, how how is I mean Michael Parsons is just going to be in Mike Lennon's grill all game, so I mean I'm not I don't know like it's it's so hard for me to continue to be the general. like I, don't, I I'm just going to keep saying it every week field goal battle that that's how the Giants are going to win just force them to kick field goals I, I have trust in Graham Gano over any other uh, kicker but I mean it's going to be rough. Dak, he, he's struggled a little bit the past couple weeks, but I'm sure he's just going to get back. This is going to be a get-right game for him. The, the run game looked really good last week for the Cowboys. I'm sure they're going to run it on this Giants defense. It, it just sucks, man. It sucks. And Dallas, with the big win last week against the football team, and now this, they're just going to pull away with the NFC East. And these they almost NFL blew that wins. win. They almost yeah. like that went up. I wouldn't go that. I mean, it's obviously a crack. It's still of, a big win. It's a, it's a crack of light of hope for the Giants, but we all know it's finished at this point. It, I mean, it, there's no crack. Of, you would hope the players. There's a crack of light for, for the Eagles. You would hope for, the, at this point the players are playing for pride in their jobs. At this point, that's what you would hope. Uh, it's really what it comes down to is for the Giants. There's nothing left in this season. Yeah, I, I, you bring up a good point with playing for their jobs. I mean, you, you want to talk about – we just talked about a bunch about Joe Judge. Like, none of these players are playing for Joe Judge. Like, you see, look at a team like the, the Lions. Every week, they're losing, but they're still giving it their all. They're still making the game a lot more competitive than a lot of other teams. And when they got that win, it was a big – they were celebrating because they liked their guy, Dan Campbell. Nothing's like that with the Giants. No one's playing for Joe Judge. Well, they part they of, don't have that that connection uh, or chemistry. Again, part of the problem is the guy who supports him is Saquon Barkley, who hasn't been himself. If Saquon Barkley had been the electric player that he's been before and he was supporting Joe Judge, you have a lot of players backing him. Because Saquon Barkley is nothing more than a, a backup running back at this point, people aren't buying in. If you're a leader, it, you know, if you can't follow your leader, you don't trust in him, you don't believe in him, how could you ever believe in what he's trying to preach to you? He's following the coach. He agrees with the coach. He came out earlier and said he trusts in Joe Judge and he wants to retire and, and stay in New York. That's what Saquon Barkley said to himself. The problem is he's supposed to be the it for this team, but the team I don't think sees it that way. He hasn't been the it for them. He's never been there for them. He hasn't been the, the Saquon they need him to be all year. And when he has been there, like, I mean, excuse me, he hasn't been there, and when he is, excuse me, he has been there. But when he has been there, he hasn't been good. And when he isn't there, he isn't. He's just he's always injured. It's not because you know anything else. He's always injured. He is completely at this point. I don't want to say I'm trying to be nice about it, but he's a bust. I, Saquon Barkley is a bust. I've been screaming it for weeks. He's a bust. The Giants have to find someone that they can bring on this team who's going to be electric, who's going to be a spark, who's going to be that person that the other players could look at. And be like, I want to follow that guy. They don't have that no more. They used to have that in Eli Manning. No matter, Eli Manning, he was a quiet leader in the locker room. He was in control of the team no matter how he looked. He wasn't a rah-rah guy. He wasn't a yelling guy, but he was a leader. Then Saquon Barkley came in. He seemed like he was going to be that guy, and he never panned out. Now the Giants have no one to follow. So you have players following no one and coaching staff that has no direction either. I don't even think... I mean, I love Eli, but I don't even think Eli was necessarily that leader. I think it was more so Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin was one of those very strict guys. He was one of those general type, like when, you have to do it my way or the highway. And we, yes. when you get when you you do that, like there is no going astray. Like yeah, everyone, like, the reason he got kicked out of the Jags was because he was like that. Like no, no one liked how the clocks were fifteen. Minutes. No, that's a, that's a guy who brings a culture to the team. What I'm saying is yes. Eli was the leader because he was out there every week. He was dependable every week. He went out there and made plays when they needed him. And when it came down to the game with two minutes left, if Eli had the ball, you felt comfortable nine times out of ten. And that's what he brought to the team. That's the lead. You don't always have to be pronounced to be a leader. You could be a leader in what you do, your actions on the field, on how you you know handle yourself on and off the field. That's how you be a leader. 
Saquon Barkley has handled it off the field well, but when it comes to on the field translating there, he hasn't been there for the Giants in the last three or four years. He just hasn't. That's the issue. Eli's been there every day, every Sunday. I never looked at the injury chart and thought Eli Manning was ever going to be up there. I never had to worry about it. I get nervous every time Saquon Barkley gets tackled. I'm not sure if he's going to get up. I I, I get that, but also, like, leadership isn't just being out on the field. Like, you can be a leader off the field when you are injured. I mean, you can do that. But, I mean, just with all the injuries, I, I don't know. We're going off. We're getting a little bit off rails. I get what you're saying. Those I mean, are we? What do you I, – I, I mean, that's ridiculous. You, you, either, you either are there or you're not. You know what I mean? It's, it's – it's, you're not a leader if you're not there. I mean, you're literally the guy the offense is built around and it's supposed to run through. So, if you're never on the field, and then when you are, you don't play well, then you're not a leader. Okay. But, but, I mean, the leadership isn't just on the field, though. It's an intangible. Like, like you have to be... No, but it has to, to It has to translate to the field. It has to manifest point. itself on the field to, yeah. or in the locker room, and I don't see it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it isn't just about on the field. Like you can be a leader off the field as well. No, I get that, Jace. What I'm saying is, you remember that play where Saquon Barkley against the Eagles? He dodged like three tackles in one play. It was like one of the greatest plays I've ever seen him make. Yeah. That Saquon Barkley. When you see that guy go out there, and you know the line is terrible, and he dodges three tackles, and he still makes something aggressive. That makes me want to go out there and block and play for that guy. That's a leader right there. But what a guy I've seen lately, he looks like he doesn't even want to get tackled. He doesn't look like he wants to get touched at sometimes. He goes into the line and he he hesitates. He, he doesn't look like the same Saquon Barkley we know him to be or he came into. And that's part of the issue with the team. There's no one there for them. There's no one leading them there. There's no one guiding them there. The idea of bringing Daniel – you got to remember, the idea of Daniel Jones and Eli Manning, that whole thing – was that they figured, oh, we'll trade Odell because he won't want to deal with a new quarterback, and Saquon should be able to help the new quarterback become this, this great star. That's what he was supposed to do. He's supposed to relieve pressure. In essence, in the last three years, he's added more pressure because he hasn't been there and he hasn't been performing well. So in essence, it's made Daniel um, Jones regress instead of progress, and that is not being a leader. You can have your actions off the field, you know, doing whatever, but if it's not translating to on the field, your team will never take the steps forward it needs to take if you're not take, helping them take them steps. It's just simple as that. He's not there. He's not dependable. He's not making an impact. Just like Sterling Shepard, another guy who I put a lot of blame on. You're an older guy. You're a vet. You've been there for a while. You are not leading anyone. You're sitting on the bench all the time. This team is gutless. They're spineless. They don't want to play. You can see it every week. It's terrible. And Joe made a good point. If the Giants defense could have found a way to hold them to 17 points, the Giants could have won against the Chargers. They scored 21 points somehow. But they couldn't. And it comes down to effort. They're, they're on the field the whole game. That's, yeah. that's, that's Again, but there's a ton of issues with this team. When your starting quarterback goes down, it shouldn't mean the end of your season. I don't know where this, this thought in NFL comes from, that the, the backup quarterback has to be this terrible guy. There's no reason why your backup quarterback can't be as good or, you know, almost on par with your starter. Mike Glennon is terrible. I don't know Uh, who evaluated that and said, let's go with this guy for the backup over everybody that's a free agent. Not to mention, I'm not going to throw out Cam Newton. I don't think he's a better fit, but I'm sure there were other guys out there who could have done a better job than Mike Glennon is doing right now. The Giants could have added a Haskins. I I know it would have been two guys of the same year or whatever, but it would still have been a lot better than watching Mike Glennon out there right now. I prefer to watch Haskins than Mike Glennon. I'm just sorry. No. No, I mean, I'm not mad at that take. I mean, also with them being the same year, like that that's also like uh, creating a competition, making them have to go out and be themselves. So I, I like that as well. But I, I do think 
we're talking about all this uh, as far as like leadership and that stuff goes. I mean, last year the real identity of this team was the defense, right? And uh, a guy, the biggest leader was Blake Martinez because he was that guy. He was out there the whole time. So I think with him not being here this year, that that's probably the biggest problem. But I I, I, I do a lot, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of other stuff. There's a lot of other problems. I mean, that's only defense. And there's obviously offense and all that stuff too. But uh Sean, what are you thinking right now? I yeah, I mean, there's not much else to say. I mean, this team stinks. That there's no other way around it. I it's tough. Um I mean I get I get what you guys are saying about uh not being on the field for leadership, but it's kind of tough to put it on those guys just because they've been getting injured, uh, that they, they that they can't be leaders. I mean, you can still be a leader. I agree with uh, Jason in the sense that you can still be a leader in the locker room and on the practice field and on the sidelines for guys, you know, like in, for Sterling Shepard's case, for all the younger receivers, I mean, he could still give them tips and pointers when he's on the sideline. He can still get them pumped up. I, <laughs> I'm trying to find something to say. But, I mean, Ray, I'm being serious, though. I mean, you can still be a leader even if you're not on the field. Um, I mean, it's tough. And – I get what you're saying about Saquon Barkley, but he has looked like a shell of himself recently and most of this year. But he did just, I think, have probably the best game of his season uh, last week. He he actually hit the holes. He wasn't dancing around. Uh, that one route where he got a touchdown, he absolutely shook off that cornerback. So hopefully we can see more of that Saquon down the stretch. Um, obviously, we gave him the fifth-year option, so we're going to have another year of Saquon. Uh, whether people like it or not. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, hopefully he can have some momentum down the stretch because if we have any chance against the Cowboys this week, I, I think that's how we're going to do it is we're, I think we're going to have to neutralize that pass rush. Obviously, they got Randy Gregory back, Demarcus Lawrence back, Micah Parsons been a beast. So I don't have Mike Glennon drop back 35, 40 times. That's just not going to work. Uh, it's not going to happen. And we've run the ball with success, not just um, – yeah, you're telling me, Jared Jones. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, we've we've had success running the ball, not just with Saquon, but Devontae Booker, too, the last couple of weeks. So, if we can get the ground game going, I think that we do have a chance. We just got to make sure that we have to stick to it, first of all. We can't be giving the ball to Mike Glennon's hands. That's where we're going to lose the game. And, uh, and it's going to help the defense, you know, not be on the field the whole time if we try and run some clocks. So, if we have any chance against the Cowboys this week, we got to run the ball with success, um, try and eat up the time of possession, and uh, try and stop that Cowboys offense because the Cowboys offense hasn't looked that great the last couple of weeks, especially Dak Prescott. So if there's any chance, which I don't think there is uh, Sunday, I, I think it's going to be with running the ball. But uh, I don't know. They, they, we don't have any chance, really. But that's our best chance. It's going to be a bond burner. <laughs> No, I mean the Dallas. Listen, Dallas will score more than thirty-five points, and so the 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 race is on. I mean, uh, again, the Giants. They, they uh, the twenty-one points this week. I got to be honest, it was amazing. I uh, I enjoyed it. I points. I sat there right to the bitter end. I mean, I did. You did. And that you was fun. I watched Mike, my man, Mike Glennon, score his first rushing touchdown of his illustrious career. Oh, my God. He was was scared to get hit as he was going. He was scared to get hit, yes. I think anybody with eyes saw that that guy (laughs) does not belong in the NFL. Wow. And these are the guys we put on our roster. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's to me, that's inexplicable. I I mean, to me, if you want to fire Dave Gettleman for anything – and he's done some stupid, like the the Mike Lennon thing made zero sense. That's who you want Daniel Jones to, Jones to like be mentored by, a guy who's like six and thirty in his career, a guy who, who I mean is I I told you there's a highlight reel of Mike Lennon, and it's like three minutes of him getting pick sixth and strip sacked. So I don't know if there's a real highlight film of him. I, I really don't know that. I didn't actually find one that showed him throwing touchdowns and dropping dimes. Uh, I, I, I mean, again, knowing that Daniel Jones has been hurt a couple of games every year, they thought, gosh, you know, if he does go out next year, maybe somebody like Mike Glennon would be perfect to step in. I, don't, I just don't get it. Even like just like an undrafted rookie, like screw Mike Lennon, the the Lewerke kid, 
he's got something to prove, maybe. But I mean, yeah, Mike Lennon's. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We we can just talk for we we talk for hours on hours, just the the different problems and all that stuff. But it, it just sucks. It sucks so much. So uh, I was having this conversation earlier about Michael Parsons and the impact that he's had on Dallas's defense. And there's there's only a couple of guys I think ever, uh, at least in my lifetime, that have had the kind of impact on a defense where you had one of the worst in the league and the following year you become one of the best in the league. And that's Lawrence Taylor and Nick Bosa, uh, who both basically joined teams that had lousy defenses and instantly turn them into top-tier defenses. And this guy's done the same thing. And while I don't care much for him, and I think he's got serious character issues, uh, you got to say that defense, man. We we weren't sure, right? We, it was, uh, we kept doing the, well, I'll have to see. Yeah, it's good. And, I mean, obviously that offense, when it's healthy, it can score points when everybody's in there. It's a dangerous, dangerous team. I understand that it is the Cowboys, and I, you know, this has been a weird NFL season. Last weekend was one of the first weekends where there was not any real upset, where all the teams that were supposed to won basically won last week. And, yeah, it was that kind of week. I think the Rams, you might say, was probably the only real upset of the week. It was the only underdog that, that came through. I feel like we're going to get back to that this weekend. And, I mean, the Giants play the Cowboys well. And the Giants are under fire. You know, I'm not going to say – I I won't say it. I'm just telling you, I think think the Giants – you know, uh, again, we always assume the Giants are toast. It just – it really could be. Yeah, it's you know, funny. Falcons, Rams. Uh, Jared just says Falcons and Rams. I had the Falcons and Rams with the Jets. Falcons, Rams, Giants. Falcons, Rams, Jags. Falcons, Rams. Uh, I had a bunch of them, and the third team lost every time. So well, I, it, it literally was just just those couple of teams. But yeah, um, you know, look, the Giants tend to do weird things. Let's say, uh, let's say they they can find a way to get the ball to Saquon. No, it would no. be fun. It would be you could dare to dream. I, look, the, there, there's so much talent on the Giants, but there's no cohesiveness. There's no flow to their offense. Their defense is on the field too much. Yeah, I've been saying this. All, I mean, Blake Martinez yeah. was the most devastating injury the Giants suffered this year. Yeah, I, I still think Trey Crowder and uh, uh, Raglan. I, I still feel like the two of them. There, there, there always seems to be some sort of confusion where those two guys are always talking like, I don't think you had that problem when Blake Martinez was there. No. And so I, I do think this Giants defense has suffered immensely losing, obviously not only their leading tackler, but their play caller. And the guy that really, I mean, he, he's a great veteran in this league, and no offense to Trey Crowder, but I think he's a great young player. And a far cry from the Mr. Irrelevant that he was a couple of years ago. Um, but a seventh-round pick, you know, calling your defensive plays. So the reason he was a seventh-round pick, I mean, the guy, the guy's only so talented. And, 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 I mean, the Giants, again, we've talked about this since, like, Antonio Pierce. Until Blake Martinez showed up, it, it's been a position of weakness, the linebacker spot, which, you know, historically it's – the Giants. It's yeah. the team where LT played. You know, it's like Penn State not having good linebackers. You you don't expect that at linebacker. You no, yeah, but I mean, hmm, sorry, now you go. I, do, I was just trying to say. I, I agree with Joe's linebacker statement, but I, that again is something we should bring up because instead of Tate Crowder, them that could have been Isaiah Simmons, and it could have been Micah Parsons. It could have been Isaiah Simmons and Michael Parsons. Instead it could have, would have, should have. I hate Those were the you. guys I, I wanted just, the last just, two no, drafts. Those were my guys. We had both of them. Yes. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, as a New York fan who's hurting, who watched Steph Curry get a, a, a record last night in the garden as a team that passed up on him, 
I'm feeling that this week I'm going to feel the same with Micah Parsons that the Giants passed up on another stud play. That another well, New York would you rather? Have. Would you rather have a linebacker on a already pretty good defense, or would you rather be without a left tackle? Because if we picked Isaiah Simmons last After year, then we wouldn't have Andrew this year, Thomas. I'd rather have the linebacker. I'm sorry. And, he could have nobody on our line. Yes, this. It's look. It's as much as this defense is relied upon. It, it's very backseated to what the the work that needs to be done on the offense and the attention that's paid to the offense. I mean, if you're listen, if you're just gonna punt a lot late in games and put it on your defense, then you should be investing in a defense. Right. And you went back to back defensive impact linebackers that you passed on. Yeah, but if you're gonna if you're gonna be punting all the time, you're never gonna score points. Eventually, if your defense is on the field that much, it doesn't matter how good they are; they're gonna get scored on at some point. If they're out there for forty minutes a game and you can't score at all, but if they're good enough to give you at some point, you have to address the offense. They give you better position. You get better opportunities to score. If you get better field position and better opportunity to score, that improves your chances of scoring. The Giants score with the worst offensive line in the league. Mike Glennon. you can find good offensive linemen in the third, fourth, fifth round. There's there's guys that have that have that have been really good. You know, you could you build have, with you have to get your a nice job of linemen in the first two rounds. You can't. There sometimes, yeah, but it you know what? You're, you're also not going to find an impact linebacker like an Isaiah Simmons or uh, a, a Micah Parsons after pick 15. So when you're there again, you the the Giants need to be looking at impact players. Impact players, guys that are going to make a difference. I mean, I love Xavier McKinney. You know, I was willing to sacrifice the uh, the Isaiah Simmons thing for Andre Andre uh, Thomas there because their second round pick was McKinney. All right, we need a playmaker. He's been a playmaker, but other than him, who else on this defense is a playmaker? Logan Ryan. Hasn't not really created much this year, but historically, that's what I'm saying. There, there's just not enough impact guys. Um, Ojalari maybe in Leonard Williams. That's really it. Leonard Williams for sure. Ojalari. I mean, Ojolari I think in a week out is becoming more and more of an. I liked uh, uh, Roche too. Is becoming quite a player, but we need we need more of that. The Giants need more impact guys on defense because again. You expect your defense to come up big time after time after time. You tend to punt late. You put it on the defense. But you're, you're, I just don't think the Giants are, are, have paid enough attention to the defense. You know, going out and getting a Dory Jackson, great. The line, the, the cornerbacks, were, it was kind of weak. And there's always injuries there. So is Bradbury enough? No, it wasn't last year. He wouldn't have been enough this year. To Joe's argument, our Super Bowl years, we didn't even have we didn't have the top ten offenses in the league. We never had we had top ten defenses in the league those years. Yes. We never had a top ten offense in the league. We never had a top ten quarterback in the league. We never had a top ten running back or receiver. So the fact I kind of agree with Joe, they probably should have went out, got those impact linebackers, continued to make this defense what it is. And again, Parsons, we could have put him on the edge. He could have been great for us on the edge. We've needed pass rush. Listen, I mean, we could spend hours going on. Tony, who hasn't done anything for us? No. We also drafted back and got two first-round picks. We're going to be two top six picks. I mean, you could go every team. In a a draft that's lacking what you're looking for here, right? I mean, again, the Giants are going to end up. They're going to miss out on the two great pass rushers. They fall into that weird that weird, like, you know, that three through uh, eight where, like, eh, you know, hit or miss. So you're not going to get to either of the two guys you really want and need the impact guys you could get. I mean, no, trading back was great last year for another pick, but what's that going to turn into? And if it's it turns into, turn into Tony, is it worth it? Beast and Evan Neal. I mean, again, the pick could have been the Giants and it could have been Justin Fields. And uh, who knows? I mean, listen, we could talk about – we could go through every team every year and every pick, and we can criticize 
uh, how they could have picked him here or them there. You can do that with anything. But it's been 20 years of lousy drafting. 20 years of this nonsense. You're right. It is. But, I mean, hindsight's always 20-20. No, it's not hindsight when the guys are there when you're on the clock. Hindsight is well. They we that, 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 you could have taken those exactly guys and figured it out. You're we looking at hindsight. That's we exactly what exactly hindsight we is. We knew Micah Persons was going was going to be good. That wasn't a hindsight situation. We yeah, right. Again, I think we're no. No we're one knew listening. Isaiah Simmons was going to be good until this year. No one knew Isaiah was going to be good. Barely any snaps. He played like twenty percent of the snaps in Arizona last year. So, so wait, no, hold on. He his fault for not getting the play in Arizona has nothing to do with him being a stud. We knew he was going to be a stud from Clemson. We the fact that he could play well, linebacker in safety that so, shows you he's a stud. Before oh. this year, Isaiah Simmons was one of the biggest busts because he was barely getting on the field. So I mean, it's it, you you can take it both ways. Any way you can have it both ways. You can say something bad, something's good. Isaiah Simmons is a bust. Was y'all arguing that same one? Was it? <laughs> I was here week one. I was here week one praising the Cardinals for finally letting him play because I I was Bro. so high on Isaiah Simmons. But I mean, going into the season, people were talking about him being a bust because he was barely playing. So I mean, it can go either but way. Now he you isn't know? a bust because he is playing, and that's the difference. It's a lot. Yeah, easier but to maybe take he needed shot. time to sit down. It's a lot maybe easier to take time. the shot and let them Being become a bust and then the argue it. It let them like Saquon Barkley. We'll look back on it like, eh, that was a bad pick, but we took the shot. As much as I didn't agree with it, you took the shot. Saquon was probably the Saquon best available the player at, on the board at the time. You took the I'll shot. The Giants haven't drafted well at all under Gettleman and poorly over literally the last twenty years, and 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 that's that's not hindsight. That's a pattern. It's a pattern that needs to be addressed. If you have 20 bad drafts in a row, fire your scouting department because they suck. You're not getting good information and you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not obviously uh, analyzing players properly. You're not developing these guys properly. So something's not right. No, I would all got to be fixed. I'd say the development's probably worse than than the drafting because, I mean, there is stuff there. You 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 have to be able to develop these players rather than – you can always go back and say, hey, we should have picked him here instead. But it, who knows? They, if Micah Parsons came here to the Giants, would that necessarily – maybe it isn't the same development as he's getting with Quinn and, and the Cowboys. You, no, maybe, no, not, not. No, I mean, they, I, you never really know. That's the thing. A year ago, yeah. you're talking about bringing a stud player onto it. a top. Mind you, we didn't know the Giants defense was going to be what they turned out to be this year. So we would assume you're bringing a top player onto what was a top 10 defense. How could you assume you weren't going to get better? How could you not make that assumption? How could you off assume the he was going to be a top ten, a top player. How could you assume that he was going to be in the Come defensive on, player of the year? You know, Micah Parsons was going to no. be a stud if you watched him. You know what? He, just like Isaiah Simmons, when you watch Isaiah. these guys play, you know they're going to be stud. These are versatile players. They can play multiple positions on the defensive side of the ball. These aren't guest players. Zay, I, I'm with you. I like I like my. I brought up Micah Parsons on the show. I was the one that said he played. The end in college, so he might even be able to come and do that in the NFL, and that's what he did. I, 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 I talk about that. So, like, the thing is, is the Giants suck. Whether it was Micah Parsons, whether it was Justin Fields, whether it was Trevor Lawrence, whether it was Joe Schmo, five rounds back, the Giants would have sucked because we're in turmoil and everything sucks. No, I, I agree. But when you have a sucky team, you have to bring in pieces in order to make them better. And, and those are the pieces that the Giants missed out on, big pieces. Those are, think about what that defense would look like today. I'm just saying. As much as you want to think about what that defense would look like today. We'd probably have one of the top – I still think we'd have one of the top ten defense. I mean – Yeah, we'd be, we'd be scoring seven points a game. That's – Yeah. If you make that pick, it hurts the offense somewhere else. Like, well, also think about how under how does, I mean, those guys. Again, how does the offense again? Has Andrew Thomas really been that great? Has he really been that impactful? Yes, he has. He's our only good lineman on our team. Like, and he's that's a left tackle. That's not saying much on that team when a team is terrible. Bosa. 
when you're the best player on a terrible team, it doesn't say much. It, I'm I'm sorry, it doesn't say and much. You're the best one player. QB pressure last week against Joey Bosa. So I mean, Andrew Thomas is a beast. Listen, okay. I mean, we could talk. We can spend even more time. We can just go hours. I mean, Giants suck. The story the Giants, Giants suck. Incompetence, yeah, and yeah. I mean, so something's got to change, and hopefully it comes sooner. Like, I mean, Gettleman's already. Everyone's assumed Gettleman's gone. Like I said earlier, just just cut it now. Get get the interviews rolling. Start figuring things out. Get ahead of the game as far as pick picking a new GM goes, because I mean waiting till the end of the season isn't going to do anything. And I mean you're already a mess. Everything's already a mess. You might have Mike Lennon or, or Jake Fromm starting for the rest of the season, and it's going to be it's going to be terrible. It's going to be uh, I just I don't know. All right, I'm done talking about the Giants for now. Let's take a break. And then we'll get to the best bets and and fantasy locks. I just need to take a break, relax, because it's just frustrating. Giants are just so frustrating. See you after this. So, Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes. It's very exciting. So, a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBD Realty is... People over paychecks, you do the damn thing. And that's what we do. All right. Big shout out to CTBB Realty. If you are in the housing market, make sure you hit them up and they'll set you up with your forever home. Now, I mean... Giants always frustrate me talking about them. But on a lighter note, hey, I am on top. Let's go, baby. The lead, Sean, took your top spot. These overs have been hitting for me, baby. Let's go. Let's keep it up. And, I mean, Joe and Zay, you guys broke your loss streak, Sean. Uh, It's tough, huh? Yeah, five in a row. Um, Not great. But I was thinking about doing over unders this week, but I, I'm gonna stick to the spread. I, I gotta get back on, gotta get back on a winning streak to end the season. All right. And speaking of which, you got the Seahawks plus four and a half at the Rams. Ooh. Yeah, Seahawks have been playing better the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think uh, Russell Wilson might have came back a little too early, but um, he's he's shown that he's right back to one of the top quarterbacks in the league last couple of weeks. Uh, Rams are coming off a huge win against the Cardinals. I, I think this could be a letdown spot. Uh, even if they don't end up uh, losing the game, I think Seahawks keep it close. And the Seahawks are pretty desperate at this point. They're 5-8, and eight, but that's only one game back of the wild card spot. So, realistically, they still have a chance to get in for that number seven seed. So, I think Seahawks are desperate. Rams are coming off um, big win and letdown spot. So, I, I think this will be a good uh, NFC West matchup. So, I think the Seahawks uh, definitely keep it close. Damn, I like that. I, th- I think this is going to be the week, Sean. I think you're going to break the streak. I hope so. I mean, who knows? And, and, I mean, all the COVID stuff going on with the Rams. That should be interesting. But uh, going from a road dog to a home dog, Joe, you're going to take the 13, the oh. big number. Okay, I'll tell you what. Listen, the Lions plus 13. This key, this team could be down 28 nothing at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They'll battle back. It'll be like a 28-16 final score. Here's the thing. Arizona scores 28 points per game. Um and Detroit gives up 27.2 points per game. So figure right there, 
28 points. That's about what you'd expect the score to be. Detroit gives up 16 a game. Arizona gives up, uh, or they score 16 a game. Arizona gives up 19. I'll put that in there again, around 16. I think 28 16 is the score. Take those 13 points. This Lion team doesn't quit. And so I, I really do think uh, this, I'm putting some money on the Lions. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, like, I mean, you can say all you want about Dan Campbell, like X's and O's, but this team is playing for him. This team, like, they're rallying around him, and you can't say the same about about the Giants. So, and Joe Judge, but but he'll be back next year. Maybe he can do that next year. But I, right, Zay, you got last week. You had. Devonte Adams as your fantasy lock. Oh, you forgot about that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you got the Packers going on the road for winning by over four and a half. Yeah. Now, what I'm assuming here is the Ravens, who have a one game lead in their division, obviously would like to make the playoffs. I'm assuming that there might be a rest situation here for Lamar Jackson, or Lamar Jackson might not be a hundred and. This is a game I feel that they could throw away. You have the Bengals, the Rams, and the Steelers to finish the season. And obviously, if you're protecting a one-game leading division, those three games are probably going to be the one to gain, those games you're going to want to win out. So if you had one game to lose, I'd probably be, be excuse me, it'd probably be to, to Green Bay, where even if Lamar was healthy, it'd still be a tough task to win it. So you might as well just throw that game away, get him healthy, and go down the stretch to your last three games and you know lock up that division. But I'm banking on the fact that Lamar Jackson is either one not going to play or two not be super healthy. And plus, Green Bay is just the juggernaut. They probably have the league MVP on their team and Aaron Rodgers, who I'm not betting against anymore this year. So that's just really what it comes down to. I hope it all pans out. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, not even Lamar Jackson. Like the Ravens just in general completely banged up. But I'm with that game too, Zay. But I got the over in it, baby. I'm sticking with the overs. Uh, I think, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to light him up. Devontae Adams is going to have a big week. But, I mean, e- even if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, uh, I know I'm very biased as Tyler Huntley, Huntley is oh, from God. the real U, Utah Utes, baby. But, I mean, the offense was ran pretty well with him at the helm last week. He, He's he been playing pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, so I think he, he can get the ball moving. I mean, Maybe not get into the end zone all that much, but I think he can get some uh, get some field goals, and I think the Packers will, will be able to score on this banged up Ravens defense. So uh, yeah, give, give me the over forty three and a half. Let's go. I see this being like a thirty five. I see a twenty two twenty one game. Twenty two. <laughs> You're such a jackass sometimes, <laughs> dude. Like, <laughs> This guy's the worst. Oh, my God. All right. I can't take Uh, them. All right. Let's go. Fantasy locks. Joe, dead last. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was was a good – I mean, that was like your best week in a a little bit now. It was. I mean, just everyone else. Dude, COVID. That's what's getting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. exactly. Sure. For sure. But uh, I I mean, let's now, get back on top. Start with me. Start yeah. with me. Well, I, I got a fantasy lock. I'll start with I you got a fantasy lock. This, a oh, this is, brother. yes, sir. He's Take hot. This. Brother, James Conner has 10 touchdowns in his last six games, eight on the ground, two in the air. Three games with two t- three games with two rushing touchdowns and one game where he scored three touchdowns. No D hop. You're going to see them certainly run the ball more. Interestingly enough, James Conner has not rushed for a hundred yards this season. He's got a season high of 96. However, the Lions allow 135 rushing yards per game. I would very much expect James Conner to have an afternoon. Yeah, I was loving my pick going into the show. Uh, now that I see that Joe is uh, in it with me, I don't know how great I'm feeling about it, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. James Conner's been on a tear. so uh, We're going with the running backs. 
Oh, oh, now you're trying to hop on my. Okay. Sean, you've been killing it with the running backs. So let's do it. Yeah, maybe. All right, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I mean, great, great minds think alike, Joe. I think so. Yeah. Hey, I, I have James Conner on my fantasy team, but I have a bye this week since I'm so good. So, I mean, if he has a bad week this week, I don't care. So, you feeling yourself? <laughs> uh, I mean, I only lost week one and the last week of the regular season last week in fantasy. So, I'm killing it. Let's go. Must be nice when you don't got 14th pick. All right. Zay, your boy, C.D. Lamb against the Giants. Yeah, man, I hate to do it to my boys, but uh, it's going to get ugly on Sunday, and uh, might as well have the demolition, man, while you got it, you know? So uh, <laughs> take C.D. Lamb. He's probably going to put up, honestly, probably four, three, four touchdowns through the air on the Giants, probably solidify my fantasy lock championship this year. Sean, you make that face. Who's guarding him? What well, uh, last on? no, last time you picked someone against the Giants, I think it was Jalen Hurts, and he threw uh, three interceptions. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, Jalen, I'm Jalen, the same Jalen, thing. Was, yeah, Jalen Hurts was a reach. It was a reach. I was banking on the fact that Jalen Hurts would actually, you know, grow up this week. He didn't grow up. He's still a kid, and that's why his team won't make the playoffs like they should. But um, yeah, no, CD's going to put up damage though to the Giants, so I had to go with this. Obviously. I could be a square for the rest of the season and pick anybody playing against the Giants for the rest of the season is probably going to win me. So I think I'll start with C.D. Lamb this week and go with him against the Giants. Man. So is that what you're going to do for the rest of the, the rest of the year? Just pick against the Giants? I mean, look, in fantasy life? might as well kick them while they now. Uh, I mean, I think we do that enough yeah. on this show. Yeah. Thank God it's not a Jets show. Could you imagine how boring that would, how horrible that show must be? Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Oh, to round things off. I got Nick Chubb against the Raiders. Uh, no Baker Mayfield. No Stefanski. Thank God. Just run the football. Just run the football. Man, we could do what do what Bill Belichick and the Patriots did against the Bills. The, the Case Keenum doesn't need to throw it. Just run it with Nick Chubb. He'll get in the end zone. Raiders are are like I don't even know how to describe the Raiders. They're just are they, are they even a football team anymore? They're, they're just it's a mess, and uh, Nick Chubb's gonna take advantage of that mess. So yeah, let's go, Nick Chubb. I I do think I, I think we all pick pretty well. I think this 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 tight race is gonna. I mean, is a tight race twenty points? Say has on Joe so. Uh, but but Sean came all the way back from nothing, so hey, anything can happen in this fantasy with these fantasy. If I'm real, your picks are closer. Our game picks are closer. You guys aren't catching me. Sorry, it's not happening. Uh no, no one's catching me for the picks. I'm I'm ending the season strong with the overs. Let's go. But uh, all right, that's gonna do it for John about the G men this week. Uh, it was fun, I guess. I mean. I hate talking bad about the Giants. I, I mean, this season's broke me. Broke me. I, I try so hard to be the Giants optimist, but I just can't do it anymore. It's just so hard. I, I just have to say field goal battle every time for the Giants and just pray. That, uh, it's it's tough. I, I, it's not fun anymore. It's not fun anymore. No, the show gets harder every week. <laughs> oh, but at least at least we have the outlet here to come vent our frustrations. And everyone's understanding and knows knows the struggles because, goddamn, it is it is a struggle being a Giants fan this year. It is a, I mean, not even this year. It's just a struggle being a Giants fan in general. But uh, for myself, Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, Sean Scanlon, and King Zay, that's gonna do it for John about the G Men. Big shout out to CTBB Realty and JPEX Financial Group for sponsoring today's episode. Make sure you go check them out and. If you are interested, not just in finding out more information about this podcast, but a bunch of other sports podcasts, as well as true crime, political stuff, make sure you go to www.clovercrestmedia.com and go check out all the other podcasts there. And if you don't see a podcast you like, you can always start your own and come join the Clovercrest Media group family. But that's going to do it for John about the G-Men this week. We'll see you next week to talk more Giants football. I mean, it's going to suck. It's 
probably going to suck, but we'll see you there. So take care. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meek, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. Find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting Clovercrest Media.